The Fantasy Football Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is DFS simplified. Head over to prizepix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. And welcome, everybody, to the Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your guest host for today, Scott Reichel. Unfortunately, Rod was unavailable to make it for the show today, so I am filling in once again. And last time I filled in, I was joined by none other than SGPN's Terrell Furman Jr., so I decided let's get the band back together. And joining me for this episode is Terrell Furman Jr. First of all, thank you for coming on short notice. It was kind of a scramble to find a guest for the show when I found out I was going to be doing the episode a couple of days ago. And second of all, how's everything with you? Hope everything's going well overseas. Yeah, yeah, Sky, Sky, long time no here. Squad, hey. what's up? How you doing? <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's definitely good to be back over here on the fantasy side. Uh, I've been grinding it out in college football, college basketball, and NBA over there at SGPN. It's good to get back to get back to my roots in the NFL. So I'm 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 happy to hear talk to you. Uh, enjoying my time overseas for the most part. Can't wait to get home, but uh, you know, I'm just I'm I'm having a good one. Well, I'll tell you one of the perks of you being overseas is the fact that you provide me Twitter content at like 4 or 5 a.m. when oh, nobody absolutely. else is awake, and I really yep. appreciate that. But, oh, yeah, of course. Because, you know, no, no, Scott, because people really people really be trying it in those late hours, and I didn't realize that, but people really be sending some wild stuff in those late hours, and they didn't know that I had the time to comment now. So now I'm here, and now I'm willing to entertain those people that think that they can talk in the ghost hours. You are doing the work that a lot of people want to do but don't have the capability of doing, so I appreciate that. But <laughs> last time we ended up doing the show together, we talked about some sleepers in each NFL matchup. We're going to do the same here for Week 10. I still can't believe it's Week 10. I had to double-check that because it feels like the NFL season started about a month ago. But we're in Week yeah. 10, and we're going to go through one sleeper in each individual NFL game. So you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So we're going to start off with the Thursday night game. This is going to be recorded on Thursday morning. So this game has not happened yet. But you have the Ravens taking on the Miami Dolphins. Ravens are favored by about seven and a half. And the total in this one is around 46 and a half. Now, at this point, we don't really know who's going to be quarterback for Miami. It's either going to be Tua or Jacoby Brissett. I'm going to lean to Brissett because they won last week, whether the offense looked good or not. So I'm assuming Tua won't play, but he might. Terrell, you want to talk about your first sleeper? 
Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if he's really guaranteed as like, I mean, really qualified too much as a sleeper, but I don't think people are starting him at all. And that's Rashad Bateman. I think this is the Rashad, Rashad Bateman breakout rookie game, that game where we sit here and we're like, okay, this is the guy, this is the first round draft pick that we've been waiting for. If you look at Miami, they're third, um, third to last in the league in points given up to the wide receiver position. They're giving up touchdowns. They're giving up yardage. And in a game where the Ravens uh, wide receiver room is finally at full strength, like finally at full strength, you're going to have Sammy Watkins out there. You're going to have Hollywood Brown out there. It seems like Rashad Bateman is going to be that third guy that's going to get overlooked a little bit in that defense. And I think he can exploit that and uh, at least score a touchdown in this one and give you a pretty solid fantasy day. Well, especially if Baltimore is going to try to implement the play action game. And if you think that Bateman might get some one-on-one coverage and potentially get hit on a couple of deep shots. But I'm going to stick with Baltimore's bread and butter here. A guy who also should be on more rosters is Savante Freeman. And mm-hmm. he's currently on about 55% of teams on Yahoo, about 30% on ESPN, which is criminally low. But you're looking at Devontae Freeman. He scored a touchdown each of the last three weeks. He had, a t- he had 79 rushing yards last week. He's the main de facto number one running back, whether you want him to be or not, at least until Octavius Murray comes back and he's doubtful for this matchup. Now, Lamar's going to get all the headlines because he had 120 yards last week, 21 carries. But Freeman still had a pretty good game, and he's found a way to get into the end zone for the last couple of weeks. Miami's rush defense, not great. The secondary has gotten a little bit better ever since Byron Jones and Xavion Howard came back because they're mm-hmm. obviously Miami's best two corners. But I do think the rush defense is a little bit vulner- uh, a little bit underwhelming, and I do think that, that Devontae Freeman is honestly worth a start in this week if you really need it, because he's found a way to get into the end zone, and you know Baltimore loves to run the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, kinda, if you just look at it oh, um, over the first part of the season, that starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens is getting into the end zone. Like, whoever it may be, whether it's uh, – uh, Latavius Murray, whether it has been um, – what's old buddy name that don't even play no more? D- dang, can't even get his name out my head right now. I'm, I'm trying to um, – I know exactly who you're talking I know, yeah. Oh, Tyshawn Williams? Yeah, yeah, Williams, Ty, yeah. yeah, Ty Williams. So, if it's Ty Williams out there, um, he scored when he was the starting running back. So, it's like that starting running back is getting into the end zone at some point in time during the game. So, I don't think there's no reason that it should change against the Miami Dolphins. Yep, that's kind of my logic. But looking at the second game, the Sunday game, here, we're going to look at Tampa Bay against Washington. Tampa Bay favored by about 9.5. Total is 51.5. It seems like Antonio Brown will most likely not play in this game. Are you going to try to find some value with Tampa, even though they're a very star-heavy team? Or are you going to look for Washington and hope garbage time helps you out? No, I'm I'm looking at Washington because this is going to lean. I know this is a fantasy football podcast, but this is going to lean into one of my dogs of the week. I think Washington can come out here and catch Tampa Bay sleeping coming off a bye. Um, We've seen bye teams and, really struggle so far this year. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think this is the spot. Just just look at the situation. They're coming back to play them in Washington where they just beat them in the wild card game where Washington feels like even with Taylor Heineke, they probably should have won that game. Like they were in that game and they had a, they had the opportunity to win that game. I think revenge is on the mind. If we think about how Tampa Bay has fared against quarterbacks for the majority of this season, it hasn't been well because they haven't been able to cover uh, anything, anything at all out there. So 
the the state of that secondary has is drastically declined since what they were a season ago. So I like Taylor Heineke here. Um, I think that he's he's been on the waiver wire, uh, the waiver wire um, article for weeks. And it just seems like he constantly gets up there whenever he gets a plus matchup. And I think this is an opportunity for him to have one of those 20-point games and put on a show against the Tampa team whose defense is significantly worse than when uh, he played them in the wild card game. And he has the opportunity to just get some revenge and be able to uh, – a big win as a dog. Yeah, well, for me, I'm going to stick with Washington as well, but I'm going to be looking at the running back position. I like J.D. McKissick. And he's currently on about 55% of rosters. But you're looking at a situation where Antonio Gibson was the main guy in the backfield. But it came out a couple weeks ago. He's dealing with a bit of a shin issue. And he really has not looked the same since. And Washington has been limiting his touches ever since. J.D. McKissick has gotten the bulk of the snaps in each of the last three weeks. And we know McKissick, especially in PPR formats, is extremely dangerous. He's had eight receptions in two of the last three games. I do think Mm. that if you're expecting Washington to try to force feed McLaurin on the outside, I'm sure Tampa Bay is aware of that idea. So I think they'll probably Mm -hmm. try to take him away. McKissick, I do think, whether it's garbage time or not, should get a bunch of snaps. And I do think that he is going to really have some value in PPR formats this week. Yeah. Yeah, I like McKissick. I think that's a great play. And just um, take it able to get behind that defensive line, like that stout defensive line of the Tampa Bay Bucks is going to be really big for them because you're not going to be able to run. You're not going to be able to run on them and you're going to need to find other short ways to move the football as if you were getting a young run and kiss. It could be the benefactor of that. Yep. But looking at another Sunday game, you have the lions and the Steelers in the, I don't know who's watching this, but I'm rooting for him, game. Uh, looking at the Lions and the Steelers, uh, total in this one's around 42.5. Steelers are favored by about nine. Steelers had a win on Monday night. We can talk about the officiating if you want to. That's a whole separate story that can probably be broken down at nauseum because I'm sure everyone realized how awful the officiating was. But the Steelers won. The Lions are still winless. For this matchup, you have anybody from Pittsburgh you like, or are you looking at Detroit and maybe Jared Goff slightly getting it back together? It feels like, you know, this is possibly the matchup. Detroit gets it back together. This is such a letdown spot for Tomlin. Yeah, it it, it feels like – it really does feel like a letdown spot. Um. I struggled with this one. I'm not going to lie because it, can it always feels pass. like everybody – Yeah. yeah yeah, I th- I'm a I'm a pass, and I'm gonna hear what you say and see if you if you get if you bring me along. But everybody that I feel like that I would play in this game is rather started in a normal like a pretty good amount of leagues, and so uh, this one was a tough one. Yeah, I agree. It's really one of those spots where you don't have to have a player from every matchup because there's a couple mm-hmm. of really bad ones. But I'm gonna go with Fryermuth, who has been really good the last couple of okay. weeks. I didn't know he counted. Uh, I'm going to count them just because I'm looking at the roster numbers and they seem significantly lower than what I thought they were going to be. He's on 57% Mm -hmm. of teams in Yahoo and he's on 39% on ESPN. 
that's way too low. He should easily be in the sixties. Who, who are you starting? Who are who are you starting at tight end? I I know I have to see these leagues. I have to see these leagues because I have no. I'm literally in a wasteland trying to figure mm-hmm. out deciding between Jonu Smith and freaking um uh what's the backup tight end for freaking Buffalo? I'm over here deciding between them week in and week out of who I'm going to start. And people have fire move. On the in the waiver wire, just sitting there, just sitting there. I, I didn't even think that he could count as a sleeper because I was like, "Oh no, he's got to be." I assumed like, he was on at least seventy percent of teams or something. But according to this stat, it's, he's not, which doesn't make any sense to me. By the way, if he's available in your league, get him because he's really, really good. But and and Detroit is bottom ten in the league against tight end. Yeah, so I'm going to use Fryermuth as a default because I really thought that his percentage would have been higher going into this, but looking mm-hmm. it up, it wasn't, so I'm going to count it. But you can argue yeah. I'm cheating. Either way, you're passing. So <laughs> I think you would Yeah, no, Fryermuth. no, no. No, I'm not passing anymore. If we're, if we're counting Fryermuth, that is exactly who I'm on. I thought that he wasn't going to count as a sleeper, but apparently the rest of the world is not caught up on him yet. So I think he definitely gets into the end zone in this game. Yeah, uh, same here. He's been the main red zone target since he's taken over the starting job with Ebron's injury, but it's a hideous matchup. I recommend not watching it. You might see three plays on that from red zone, so we'll see what happens. (laughs) But anyway, looking at the other 1 o'clock games, you have New Orleans against Tennessee. This matchup is a very tricky one because Trevor Simeon was awful for three quarters. Then Atlanta did Atlanta things and made Simeon look really good for about 10 minutes. And then they lost the game by a game-losing field goal at the buzzer. Meanwhile, you have Tennessee, who looked dominant against the Rams on Sunday Night Football. For this matchup, I am going to be going with Tennessee defense, which is a bit of a cop-out. But the defense looked really good <laughs> the last couple of weeks because they have gone after the quarterback frequently, four-plus sacks in two of the last three games. They've recorded two-plus interceptions in two of the last three games. I like what I've seen. I think Tennessee's defense has definitely turned a corner. Simeon, we know, has been a backup in the league for a long time. It's because he's not exactly good enough to be a starter. And I do think that Simeon is going to struggle a bit. New Orleans really doesn't have many weapons. And we, that's kind of why they've been linked to Odell, whether or not you think Odell is still good or not. New Orleans is in the running because they know without Michael Thomas for the rest of the year, they really just don't have enough weapons on the outside. I'm looking at Tennessee defense. I think they're a very underrated spot start here. There's no way Trevor Simeon finishes this game. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's no way that there is no way Sean Payton lets his poster boys sit on the bench while Trevor Simeon finishes this game. He does not look good. There is a reason you gave him too much credit calling him a backup. Trevor Simeon was the backup to the backup for these mm-hmm. past few years. Like there is no absolutely no reason that Trevor Simeon should finish this game. I was shocked Taysom with, Hill didn't start last week, but that's just me. I I picked him up in every league because I had to start Sam Darnold, and I was like, oh Taysom Hill sitting here there's he's got to start they just didn't change the, they didn't change the outlook for him yet but he's got to be the person starting and Simeon started and they regretted it for three quarters mm-hmm. so with that being said I'm going to the wide receiver position because Tennessee is still out there can't cover a thing uh the worst team the worst defense in the league to the wide receiver position I'm going with Deontay Harris uh Deontay Harris is getting seven and eight targets the past two weeks uh you know very uh cut Touching, almost touching double-digit fantasy points in both games. He had about 8.7 that first one against Tampa Bay, but came back with a solid outing, 11.2 against Atlanta. Um, Some of that did come in garbage time for them. But 
I think that he's a, a, the type of guy that can kind of take the top of the defense. You think of Marquez Callaway as kind of that deep threat, but Deontay, Deontay Harris, I'm sorry, Deontay Harris has that same kind of ability as Marquez Callaway. And he's had a few games where he's been able to get behind the defense, and I think that this Tennessee team who is subject to giving up the big play and subject to letting wide receivers score all day on them. I think that there's a possibility that he gets into the end zone, and he's becoming more of a PPR target than just a deep threat target. And I think that votes for him with a pretty a pretty high floor and an even better ceiling if he can get in the end zone. He was my second choice. I just went with Tennessee defense. A, because I don't know if we've ever actually given out a defense on this show, so I figured it might be time <laughs> to try something new. But I'll fade Simeon. I'll see what happens. We'll, I'm assuming Tennessee – There's no way. There's no. there's no way he finishes this. If, if he looks bad for a quarter and a half they're, and they're in the game but he looks terrible, there's no way Taysom Hill doesn't come in in the second half and take this game over for them. It, I'm assuming so, I, but I'll, I'll take the a terrible first-half performance and hope Tennessee – Yeah, no, no, one. you're good. You're liable to get two interceptions out of that, especially because Tennessee has one of the uh, – who I think probably should be – Well, Simmons, um, is, Simmons is a beast. Yeah, yes. Uh and uh on defense that safety, uh Kevin uh what's Byard? It? Kevin Byard. Byard yeah, yeah, Kevin Byard, who I think possibly is in the running and if you could find a ticket on him for defensive player of the year, he is balling. So uh Tennessee's defense is live in this one. Yeah, but looking at another one o'clock game, you have a matchup between the Falcons and the Cowboys. Still not exactly sure what happened in the Cowboys game last week, but I'm sure the Cowboys are trying I to happen. get it. Uh I happen. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Denver plus ten and a half. Denver money line. Cash it <laughs> all over Teddy B as a road uh, under. Oh, road dog. Cashing his entire career. But for this matchup here, I'm looking at Atlanta. Dallas's defense, I do think, has been overperforming before last week. Of course, they got torched. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at Zacchaeus for Atlanta. <sighs> Definitely a deep dive, though. He's pretty much on one percent of rosters, which still seems too low to me. He had two touchdowns last week. We know ever since Calvin Ridley officially stepped away from football that Atlanta has been trying to find another guy to be a main focal point in this offense. Russell Gage hasn't really been cutting it, as people thought he might be to start the year. Zacchaeus has been good. Two touchdowns last week. I do think he can build on that, and I do think that he's a sleeper in this spot. Yeah, absolutely. That's 100% who I had as my sleeper as well. And just because of the thought of when you watch this Dallas defense, you can see that they give up the big play. Like we, Everybody's talking about uh, Trevon Diggs and his terrific start to the season, and you don't want to take that away from him. He, he gets burned a lot, a story. that's a separate story. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah absolutely. And that's 100% what I was getting to. He, he had something historic going on, but he was getting burned a lot on a, in a lot of those games, and he was giving up a lot of plays, but he was making plays as well. And I think that Zacchaeus can be the benefactor of either him or whoever is on the other side of of Trevon Diggs. They've kind of been rotating that person in and out, but it hasn't been good. Uh, I think he can get a big play, and I think that's going to be what this Atlanta uh, team is going to have to do against Dallas to even be remotely in this game is try to get the big plays on them and put themselves in situations to put points on the board. Yeah, I agree. But I'm expecting a high-scoring game. You have a total of around 55. I do think you're going to see a lot of points. But anyway, looking at the next game, you have Cleveland against New England, which I think is one of the most intriguing games for the week. New England's favored by one and a half, two and a half or so, depending on where you look. Total's about 45. Is there really anybody who jumps off the page? Because I really didn't see much. My option would be Donovan Peoples-Jones if I had to pick Mm -hmm. one. I know he's a risky option because he's not really a PPR guy. He kind of has the 
three reception, 100-plus yard game yep. there, or he mm-hmm. has nothing. But I really didn't like many under-the-radar guys here, unless you wanted to make an argument for one of New England's running backs, but that's always a tough task, trying to guess what Belichick's going to do if you want to go for yep. Bolden or Stevenson. But I'll go with Peoples-Jones. I don't know what it is, but we know that Baker's been better without Odell. I'm not sure why, but that's been the case. He looked great last week in the first game without Odell. And Peoples-Jones had the huge touchdown catch. So I do think that Mm -hmm. play action should be a solid option. I can't count Dearness as a sleeper because everybody knows about him at this point. I'll go with with Peoples-Jones. Yeah, so I took the tall task. And um, I took the the New England running back position because if you look at – this Cleveland Browns team, third in the league in, in touchdowns and receiving touchdowns given up to the running back. So uh, that's a portion of what Tampa – not Tampa, but that's a portion of what New England wants to do. And I think that Brandon Bolden getting almost about 50% of snaps regularly, 47%, somewhere around there, I think he has the opportunity in being that red zone threat to get into the end zone. Now you're kind of uh, picking, you know, throwing a dart between whether it's going to be Bolden or Stevenson that's going to get that opportunity to get to the end zone. But I think it will be there for them just how this team um, operates and how I expect Cleveland to try to cover those tight ends. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mentioned New England's running backs, but I decided not to get involved. I'm too traumatized in the past about Belichick running <laughs> groups there. So I decided to just not go there. But I do agree. I think that if you can pick which one uh, correctly, you should have a pretty solid fantasy game. But looking at yep. another 1 o'clock game, you have a game that didn't look that entertaining until Buffalo somehow lost to Jacksonville last week. But now they're favored by double digits again, taking on the Jets. Mike White back in action after Josh Johnson came in and put up some really Hall of Fame garbage time numbers on Thursday night. <laughs> but uh, Buffalo favored by a bunch, totals 47. It's really tricky trying to find value with Buffalo. You, I know you said you might be starting Buffalo's new tight end because Dawson Knox is still out, but of course that's been a bit risky. For the Jets, mm-hmm. I'm going to have some fun here. Give me Mike White. Let's have some fun. Let's let him, <laughs> swing, it. Let's let him swing it a little bit. But the Jets seem to have embraced the fact they can't run the ball. They're last in rushing Uh yards per game. And we have seen, whether it's garbage time or not, whichever quarterback they bring in is capable of putting up numbers when they're down two (laughs) touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I think Buffalo is going to cruise in this game. But I do think that Mike White won't get benched. I do think that he's earned himself a full start if he stays healthy after the Cincinnati game. I think you'll end up seeing him probably throw for one to two touchdowns, maybe 300 yards just out of necessity. But I do think that the Jets will get killed. I like the garbage time angle, though. Give me Mike White for fun. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like the garbage time. We should, we should start an all-garbage time team. I might, I might tweet that out, an all-garbage time team for the season. I'm that in for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. So, um, this was another tough one. I'm, going, I'm still going to go on the Bills side of the ball. Uh, I'm going to go with Gabriel Davis mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, I'm thinking a little bit of, it's just going to be a lot to go around at this point. It, it's Swiss cheese over there. Like Robert Sala is there, but he's not really making too, too much of a contribution in that Jets team. They're still giving up a lot of fantasy points to a lot of different positions. And, uh, Gabriel Davis with, uh, Dawson Knox being out, even though, uh, the hype is kind of around, uh, the new tight end, who name has escaped me. Like, I swear to God, a lot of these guys just – I'm still like, trying to figure out where the love came from Cole Beasley. Guy did nothing for yeah. a month, and now he's getting targeted every single play. I'm not sure what happened there. but And, and 
And that's that's kind of it's also a fade with Cole Beasley. It's also you don't really know what Emmanuel Sanders and in the beginning of the season, we were like, Gabriel Davis is good. Like, we watched him mm-hmm. last season. We watched him last season when people out Gabriel Davis is good and they're not utilizing him because they're getting the ball to some of these other guys. And I think this is the opportunity where it's a Swiss cheese Jets defense. They're expected to be up by a lot early. And he might have the opportunity. So, yes, maybe a little bit of a garbage time angle there. But I think he has the opportunity to just get on the field more and get some random targets and get into the end zone. Like, he's still a really talented wide receiver. Yeah, I agree. It's annoying when you know that there are talented players on several teams that are just clearly being underutilized, and Gabriel Davis would be getting more targets than pretty much every other team. But Mm -hmm. looking at the final 1 o'clock game, you have Jacksonville against Indianapolis. Uh, Colts are favored by 10.5, totals around 47.5. My sleeper for this one is going to be Jack Doyle. I think that he's still undervalued as a tight end. People keep talking about mm-hmm. Mo Ali Cox, but the truth is Doyle's been getting the majority of the snaps at the tight end position for the last couple of weeks now. We know he had the touchdown on that shovel pass that everyone stole from Kansas <clears throat> City over the course of the last season and a half. But Jack Doyle reached the end zone. He's the main tight end. It's really tough to find weapons on Indianapolis that you like. Pittman, of course, is the main <laughs> receiving option. T.Y. Hilton's yeah. injured all the time, even if he's going to play. I'm not sure he'll make it through a half. And Jonathan Taylor's nuts. Now, everyone knows that Carson Wentz has been good the last couple weeks. I'm not sure if he counts as a sleeper or not. I'm going with Jack Doyle. I think there's a good chance he reaches the end zone. Yeah, uh, avoiding the Carson Wentz angle, because I wasn't pretty certain that he was considered a sleeper either. But I do think Wentz has a really good game here. Mm -hmm. I went went on Jacksonville, and I went with LaVisca Chenault. Jacksonville's uh, defense, by the way, was my huge sleeper wild card option, but I didn't have the guts to do it. <laughs> I didn't have the guts, but I wanted to. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, if you—that's probably that probably wins the million maker this year. The the person that starts Jacksonville's defense probably wins against, the against Buffalo last week. Probably won the million maker. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they probably did. I, I, I I'm gonna look it up. They probably did. But either way, um, so I'm on Lavisca Chenault here, and it's very. I really can't believe I'm giving this out because I've been completely and utterly disappointed with what he's done this season and how uh, the just the low output he's had. It hasn't even and been injuries. That was the main concern it hasn't. going into the NFL. It, if anything, injuries went his way. DJ mm-hmm. Chark is not there. DJ Chark is not there. LaVisca Chenault is the number two wide receiver for – well, I wouldn't consider him the number two wide receiver right now, but he should be the number two wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's not – He's not playing like it. There's a lot of games where he's not getting the targets like it. There's no reason that he should have two back-to-back games of only four targets. Um, and, and if you go ahead of that, he had 10 targets, had a pretty solid fantasy day, pretty decent, um, and then he goes and he has three targets. Like, he's been up and down in the target category, and this is all after DJ Chark is, is out for the season. So, um Hopefully, this is the get-right game where they just sit here and they're like, yo, we really have something in LaVisca Chenault. I don't know if uh, Urban Meyer was trying to phase him out with the drafting of Travis Etienne, and now he's pissed off because Etienne can't play this year, and he's taking it out on LaVisca Chenault. But this this is the matchup for him. Indiana gives up the most touchdowns to the wide receiver position, and they give up the what third most, fourth most yards to the wide receiver position. They give up a lot of points to the wide receiver this, this year. So... Uh, somebody outside of Marvin Jones has to get that work. And LaVisca Chenault seems like it's got to be the right answer. Yeah, at some point he's going to break out just based on the fact that Jacksonville's usually trailing late and 
because of the fact that for this one, they're also in a dome. So, you know, weather is not going to play a factor. But anyway, those are the one o'clock games. We're going to take a quick break and then return for the four o'clock games. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet also has some brand new bonuses, including a 200% match on your first bet. So, for example, if you bet $100 on anything, you will get a $200 free bet, no questions asked. But there are some great promos, odds, and payouts happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. The Fantasy Football Podcast is also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap always has the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a bet that you like but think that a price is too high? Submit a bid for a price that you think is fair and then buy it. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchase on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. All it needs to do is improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company that's looking to grow their early adapter community. Slick app and fun to use. One of the reasons why we love it so much is that they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play. Download today for iPhone and Android. Check them out today at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. Have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I personally love using this app, and I think all of you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It also offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all of the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. It also allows you to bet on props in football where you can bet on yards, touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of the users that deposit can use the promo code and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code SGP. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries as well. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play Store. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers with uh, withdrawals very, very quickly. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code SGP to get your 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or go to your App Store and download the app today. 
prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. You feel like the last one out when it comes to sports betting, don't know where to start? Well, understand that the market is moving. So there are always small bets out there, and you might as well have some fun while you're at it. BetQL Daily is a must-listen show for sports bettors and sports fans alike. I personally enjoy the fact that they're able to give you a lot of key information while making it extremely easy to digest. One example is Erin. I think she does a great job going through some props that she enjoys while also making it extremely easy to understand the angle that she's coming from. But if you want to find out where the market is moving across all of the week's biggest sporting events, if you missed out on the earlier games too, that's fine. BetQL Daily has you covered with recaps from some of the biggest recent moments in sports. If you're not sure where to start with sports betting, start with BetQL Daily. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Audacity, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. And welcome back, everyone, to the Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Terrell and I just went through the 1 o'clock games. Now it's time to talk about the 4 o'clock games, starting with the Vikings and Chargers in the Jekyll and Hyde Bowl, because you don't really know what to expect from either team week in, week out. But for this matchup, for my sleeper, I'm going with Tyler Conklin for Minnesota. I think he's one of the most slept-on tight ends in the league. We know that Irv Smith was supposed to have a big year. I thought he was going to. Then, of course, he got injured early on, and now Conklin is the de facto number one tight end. But you're looking at a spot where there's a lot of guys who have potential in this matchup. I don't know how many of them are going to live up to it. I do think Conklin should get a lot of targets. He's getting a bunch of snaps at the tight end spot. He was on the field for 87% of the offensive snaps. I like the amount of volume he could potentially be getting here. Give me Tyler Conklin. Uh, here goes another one where you're just sitting here like, oh, looking at looking at the slate. I really don't know. Like, I really, yeah. really don't know what to expect. Like, there could be a lot of points here, but then these offices are duds, and they could absolutely not do anything at all. And so – um, I ended up going with Conklin too. I don't like it because I just don't, I can't see myself really sitting here getting behind a Vikings tight end. Like they have Chris Herndon on the roster. <laughs> like Chris Herndon is on the roster. I just can't trust that entire tight end room just on the sole fact of that. Um, matter of fact, no, I'm not going with Conklin though. I found that there were a couple of options that you could throw out there. If you wanted to go KJ Osborne, hypothetically, even though he hasn't done much for the last month, but I just went with Conklin because I know he's going to be on the field. So that was kind mm-hmm. of my main the, a tiebreaker, so to speak. I'm going way off the reservation. Let's go Jalen Guyton. Okay. I think this – I like Jalen Guyton as a kind of very deep sleeper uh, uh, daily play and even somebody that you could even – if you're like in a super deep league, like don't be doing this in your stand so team league. I'm th- like you got to be in a 16-team league at this point for this. But – Jalen Guyton, and if, um, just looking at this Minnesota, is this Minnesota defense like that? Secondary is they they can get killed by wide receivers. They have gotten killed by wide receivers before. And if you, I think about what um, Zimmer likes to do on defense, uh, I can expect that they're going to attempt to limit one or the other between Allen and Williams. Somebody's not going to have a good day, and I can 
firmly say that one of them is not going to have a good day. I'm pretty sure he'll limit one of them. The other one will probably go off. And then there's probably going to be somebody else there that's going to um, find the holes in that defense because those two are getting all the attention. And I think Guyton is somebody that can uh, step up into that role. Yeah, I agree with that. But looking at another 4 o'clock game, you have the Panthers and the Cardinals. For this one, I'm taking a backup running back, but it's an obvious one. I'm taking Eno. I'm taking Benjamin there. And a couple reasons why, mainly because Chase Edmonds is out now with the ankle injury. Mm -hmm. He's going to be out. James Conner, we know, was a beast last week. Three touchdowns. He was unstoppable. Looked great. But we we know he's had injury issues in the past, and we know Arizona is really content on using multiple running backs in pretty much every single game. Benjamin might not put up a huge amount of numbers, but he's going to be the third down guy. He should catch some passes. And we know he's a speedster, so there is always a chance that he could break one. But I do think Benjamin, after scoring a touchdown last week, is definitely going to earn more trust from the coaching staff. Connor's, of course, the better running back, but he gets injured all the time. I am curious if Arizona is going to maybe limit him a little bit and not totally unleash Connor. I think that might happen. Give me Eno Benjamin as a huge sleeper, maybe a flex player, just uh, I'd say a gem option for a Millie Maker lineup. Yeah, that is. I even, I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, who did he just pick? <laughs> I was like, oh, he is the he is the backup to the backup over there. No, I'm like, now he's just the backup by default. So that's why I'm gonna go with him. <laughs> The assistant to the regional manager. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, let's go with. I think I um. Don't I pick Darnold. You, you started him last week. Don't pick Darnold. Don't do it. Oh, I no, you can't. You can pick PJ. That you can pick been, PJ Walker. Yeah, I know PJ Walker would be. Ooh, you are you are tempting me. PJ Walker. Oh no, I like PJ Walker way better than who I was going to say. I didn't even think about that. I was going to give out Tommy Tremble. I think Tommy Tremble is uh. Starting to really, really make his mark in that um, tight end room. They really, really like this guy. He's getting more and more snaps week in, week out, and they're putting in packages just for him. Like when I watched this Carolina Panthers team, they're putting in plays literally just for him to go and um, to get the opportunity. So, he had a rushing touchdown earlier this year. <laughs> yes, touchdown. he did. Yes, he did. And it was great. And yeah. so it's just like they're not doing that with Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas is more of the. A little bit more of the blocking tight end. That's what he was when Dan Arnold was on the team as well. They used him a lot more in the blocking tight end. And the reason he would get those targets is because uh, everybody would think he'd be in the block, and they'd be like, no, I can still catch a little bit too. But Tommy Tremble was definitely the pass-catching tight end here. So I I like Tommy Tremble, but shoot, no. Officially, P.J. Walker, forget about it. No, P.J. Walker's got it. There's no tape out on him for real. He has one start under his belt. I had to to remind you Darnold was out. so (laughs) Yeah, you definitely did. You definitely did, um, and ooh, I'm I'm kicking my Sam Darnold touting in the uh, preseason. Really kicking myself about that, but I'm going to tout PJ Walker here because there's not much tape out on him. I don't like this uh, Cardinals defense, and the defense does get significantly uh, worse with JJ Watt not in the lineup. Didn't really think that that would happen in 2021, but uh, apparently JJ Watt was a really really big asset to that team still, and so. Uh, I think that PJ Walker could actually exploit and have a little bit of a better day and be a sneaky, a sneakier play against the Cardinals team that probably thinks they're going to roll all over this Panthers team. Well, on the bright side, even if Arizona does roll in this matchup, Carolina doesn't exactly have a backup quarterback at the moment because Darnold's out. So you might see a bunch of garbage time, which could be very good in general for mm-hmm. Walker. 
So, yeah, I think Walker's definitely an option too. But I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach with him. I didn't like what I saw against the Giants in the fourth quarter when he came in, but the whole team was terrible that entire Oh, it was the Giants. It was the Giants. Yeah, Giants were great that day, so I'm not going to hold it against them, but I'm going to wait and see. I'll go with Eno. But looking at another 4 o'clock game, Eagles and Broncos, quickly, I'm going with Tim Patrick. Uh, he's currently available <laughs> yeah. in about 60-plus percent of leagues. He torched the Cowboys last week. He seems to always be a serious red zone target for this team, and Philly's secondary has been – okay I guess not great the defense is definitely a bottom third defense in the league and Bridgewater was slinging it last week I liked what I saw but I do think that Tim Patrick should have some solid opportunities to get into the end zone I'll take him you yeah no I'm on Tim Patrick I mean he's a 6'4 wide receiver yeah like he's huge will you will you look at him out there he is huge and so he looks uh, bigger next to Jerry Judy <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah, I put, it was nobody else that was even in consideration for me. It's Tim Patrick. Everybody's still sleeping on him. And people are forgetting last season when Cortland Sutton went down with the ACL and Jerry Judy couldn't catch a cold and KJ Hamler was, was still, you know, very raw, that Tim Patrick was the de facto number one of this team. Right, he was the number one wide receiver of this team. He has that. He has that ability. He knows how to play that number one wide receiver spot, and he's still playing kind of like a number one wide receiver. Except now he's the three, and that's been really, really good for the Broncos this season. I think they capitalized that against the Eagles, who are actually sneakily good against the wide receiver this year. Well, I definitely think that Philly should make this a game. I think it'll be close, but I do think Patrick should have some opportunities. But looking at the last 4 o'clock game, you have the Packers and the Seahawks. I'm going extreme hot take here because there is a chance Rodgers is not going to play. Give me Seattle defense. Let's live a little bit, which is extremely dangerous, but I'm aware of that. It's going to be volatile. It's going to be disgusting. But you're hoping Rodgers doesn't play. Even if he does – you have seen some athletes in any sport struggle a little bit immediately coming back from COVID. And I am curious yeah. if maybe Rodgers will look a little bit rusty because he has not played, not able to practice all week, of course, because of the COVID. But is he going to play? Maybe, maybe not. But Rodgers said publicly there's a small chance he doesn't play. So if you want to try to find a waiver wire pickup quickly that might be able to turn into a gem start defensively, Jordan Love made the Kansas City defense look like the 85 <laughs> Bears. I don't exactly trust him in the quarterback position, which is why I can't really talk about a Green Bay skill position guy because I don't know who's going to throw the ball. So for that reason, I'll take Seattle defense. Wilson seems like he might be back. So if you want to take a spot there with a wide receiver, maybe a tight end, I don't hate that either. But give me Seattle defense. Let's have some fun. No, <laughs> big cojones on you because yeah, I big, was not going huge. that route. Millie, make, <laughs> yeah, Millie not, Maker I, cojones right That there. is Millie, Millie Maker route right there. No, I 100% went with the Wilsons coming back angle, and I'm on Jared Everett in this spot, man. Jared, Jared Everett is a guy that they definitely wanted to utilize in this Seattle offense, uh, especially with the passing game coordinator for the, for the um, Rams coming over along with him, knowing what he can do, and – uh, before Russell Wilson looked down, they started to get a little bit of connection there. He started to go to Everett for a number of time, a number of opportunities. So I'm going with Everett here. I think that they get back on the slide. I think that uh, this is that is the position that you can kind of catch this Green Bay defense really, really lacking on uh, the tight end position, and he plays a little bit more like a wide receiver. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. He was he was my second option, but I decided to go bigger, go home for that one. But yeah. 
Looking at the Sunday night game, you have the Chiefs and the Raiders taking place in Vegas. Totals 52. Kansas City's favored by about two and a half. I don't even know what that means anymore because Kansas City looks awful every week now. But for the actual matchup here, it's in a dome, so weather's not going to play a factor. I don't know if he Uh fully counts as a sleeper, but I know a lot of people don't exactly think about him. I'm going Hunter Renfro because with the rugs unavailable, he's Uh really the only receiver I trust on the entire team. No offense to Brian Edwards. I'm not exactly a fan of his. I think that people were expecting more things out of him earlier this season. He hasn't really shown it. Same thing with Zay Jones. I actually like Zay Jones. It just seems like he's never on the field compared to what he should Uh be. And Waller's been a non-factor for about the last two months. I'm going to go Renfro because he is the all-reliable for Carr. He is the breaking case of emergency safety valve. And I do think he should finish with probably six to seven, maybe more receptions, probably nine targets or so. But I do think that you're going to see Renfro get targeted a lot. So I'll take Renfro. Yeah, um, I was going to go with a Kansas City wide receiver, not Pringle? named Tyreek Hill. Oh, you're going Pringle? Not, na- not named Tyreek Hill, but then I, I struggled because I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's just a running roulette over there, and I have mm-hmm. no idea who, who that person is going to be. I'm guessing you were talking Pringle. about Pringle, but that's just me. No, I, I, I wish I was. It could have been Pringle. It could be uh, Hartman. It could be Robinson. It could be Josh Gordon. It could be OBJ. We have no idea who Kansas City is throwing the ball. I can't believe Gordon's on the team. People completely forgot about that. <laughs> yes, he's still on the team. He's still on the team. Like And this, this Raiders defense is Swiss cheese right now, mm-hmm. and especially losing – but Chiefs offense I mean, is maybe, broken. I don't know what to think yeah, of that team. It, it, I can't. I can't sit here and so I'm going Renfro too because I can't. I can't sit here and tell you even which wide receiver to pick because I just don't even trust the Chiefs offense right now and to even get their top guys going, let alone the guys at the bottom of the roster. So, um, is Renfro seems like the very easy pick here. Uh, he, I don't think he's rostered in a lot of leagues. I don't think he started in a lot of leagues and. He's a PPR machine. You're getting him against the Kansas City defense that is literally letting anybody, anybody with a pulse catch the ball out there. Anybody with a pulse catch the ball out there. Um, second, it would be King and Drake. I think King and Drake has a sneaky good game here. Uh, you know, she's very volatile to the running back position. And uh, I think that his pass catching work is going to do a lot of good for him. If by some chance of the grace of God that Chiefs decide they want to cover somebody down the field. Yep, and looking at the last game on Monday night, you have the Rams against the Niners, which looked like it was going to be a good game before the season started, and then San Francisco forgot how to play football. But the Rams are favored by four, totals 49. I don't know if Brandon Aya counts as a sleeper anymore because yes, everyone – Yes, no, because I – Everyone him dumped him, but he's sleeper. been great. He's been he great now. So uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk there. I do think that he should put together a nice performance. I think that he has definitely shown that he's gotten back on track, especially after the bye. It seems like the Niners want to get him more involved, and it seems like he's been doing so. I do think that Ayuk will have a pretty solid game, whether that involves one big catch, a couple of even just intermediate routes. He's going to get targeted because he has in the, in the last couple of weeks. I do think Ayuk is a very solid buy-low candidate at this point in time. Yes, no, I am frustrated, completely frustrated with Brandon Ayuk. I roster him. I have, oh, my gosh. And I just think about all the people, all the people I could have drafted, 
all the people. I think CeeDee Lamb. No, CeeDee Lamb wasn't on the board because I wouldn't make that decision. You probably could have gotten there was still a lot of good, Brown or somebody. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a whole long list of people. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, Mike, no, Mike Williams, for example. This is – oh, my gosh. It just – I don't know what does he does he count as a sleeper? I think he has to. He right? has to because nobody's starting him. I'm not starting him. I am not. St- I literally started him last week out of necessity because literally everybody else on my bench was out. Everybody else on my bench was out, and the only person left on the bench was Robbie Anderson. And I considered, for a sliver of a doubt, considered Robbie Anderson, but then I remember Sam Donald saw a ghost, and I put Brandon Ayuk in, and now oh, I have no. to do it again. Yeah. yeah, it actually did. It really did. And so now I have to do it again. And I, I don't know how to explain it. I can't fathom to understand how in an offense that is begging for cat, pass catchers, begging for anybody to catch the ball because uh, really their top two pass catchers are volatile not even to be starting like to finish the game. They're, they're liable not to finish the game. Debo's having an amazing season, but he's still, he's still tad bit injury prone. And so – here we are, Brandon Ayuk. It, it it has to work here. It has to work here where you where you know that everybody else is going to get the attention and they're going to have to move the ball if they're going to be in this mm-hmm. game at all. They're going to have to move the ball, and you got to sit there and draw up plays for Ayuk. And I'm at this point, I'm just on the side of Sean. I just agree with Sean. Kyle Shanahan's just not a good fucking coach. I think, like, he's over- I think he's overrated. I think that he's, he's not, not atrocious, but I do think that he's a very solid play designer. When it comes to actual management of just his roster, I think he could do a better job. Let's put it that way. Yeah. How just, do you no-show I, I, against Colt McCoy? <laughs> come on. Come on. You're winless at home. It it, and it's, oh, it was so easy to be on the Cardinals. Like it was like that was like taking candy from a baby. Honestly. Unfortunately, like, I was really on the was. under, which didn't work out. But I thought the under was a good read. The Niners defense, yeah, it, it just they just oh, they're just not good. They're just no. not good. But Ayuk, it has to be Ayuk in this spot. If it's I'm not assuming Rand is going to be guarding Samuel, so you should have a decent amount of so, spots against the second and, uh, second corner. And even if he's not, I think that Ayuk in his style of play can catch Ramsey off guard enough. If because Ramsey has you know shown this season that he's really not shadowing, like they're really not shadowing mm-hmm. him. They feel very very good about Darius Williams, who was a really good uh, corner. So they feel really good about Darius Williams, where Ramsey doesn't have to shadow the whole game. But uh, I think that just how Ayuk's style of play is, he can catch these DBs for the Rams off guard. It's just are they going to use him? Yeah, I agree, but. I'm going to choose him because I do think – Yeah, no, that's, starting, who I'm, that's who I am too. That's he's turning, really, a, cor- like he's turning a corner. I got, I got to at least acknowledge that he's turning a corner. But If I had to pick anybody else, it would be Van Jefferson. Anybody that was my, se- that was my Van second Van option Jefferson. too. Yeah, that was my second option yeah. too. But anyway, uh, we ran out of games to talk about. It was a lot of fun as always. Terrell, yeah. tell the people where you, they could find you. Yeah, you find me on Instagram and Twitter at really real underscore underscore college football experience, college basketball experience, NBA gambling pass, uh, gambling podcast. We are uh, full systems go around here. I am putting out content what feels like every single day. So it's a whole bunch of fun. Check us out and uh, fade me in college basketball right now. But take my locks. I'm hitting my locks. Okay. Unfortunately, my first college basketball bet of the season, I faded Chicago State who had lost 29 oh games God. in a row, and they won out Scott, right against I, St. Thomas. Scott, I missed a 45-1 to parlay because, <laughs> because they lost to St. Thomas, who was a really good team. They were D3, they just, but they were up six with five to go. 
they fell apart. I got it at four and a half. It closed at seven and a half. It didn't matter anyway. But it, 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 it I don't know. It's don't a damn know, shame. Whatever. On the bright side, I faded Mississippi Valley State, and St. John's got there for me. So at least that fade stayed alive. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you can find me at Rice Show Radio on Twitter for SGPN, doing a bunch of editing. I'm also appearing on the po- on the Propcast every Wednesday, talking about some NBA. Also, sometimes on the NBA Gambling Podcast. Besides that, doing fantasy football rankings every week, which so far patting myself on the back, have gone surprisingly well. So hopefully that continues moving forward. Yeah. I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Fantasy Football Podcast here at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And good luck to all of you and your fantasy matchups. Bye, everyone.